0: The Internet's number one talk station. Number one talk
1: station. VoiceAmerica.com Welcome to the Catherine Zox Show. This informative and entertaining show will start your mornings off on the right foot. Here's your host, Catherine Zox, your social worker with the microphone.
2: Welcome to the Catherine Zox Show. I'm your social worker with the microphone. Good morning. Thanks for joining us this morning on Voice America. This is our second week on Voice America with Lauren Beller and Catherine Zox. With Lauren Beller Blake and Catherine Zox. How are you this morning, Lauren?
3: Good morning, Catherine. I am ready to roll by the skin of my teeth. I don't
2: I know it's by the skin of your teeth because I I want mean, to tell listeners because before the show Lauren and I always connect on the IM. You know, we have to have a little bit of uh, chatter at least even if we're not talking, but at least IMing back and forth. We can talk about the show, what are we going to do? And I pay because she wasn 't there this morning having all kinds of what technical problems
3: it was just that my computer wouldn 't it was you know going through that need to do a uh, update and it shuts itself down and you know it, ha- it starts having a brain of its own and there 's nothing you can do to interrupt it and i my the phone number to dial in you know is in the computer. And also, obviously, if I'm not logged into my computer, my IM isn't on, so you can't see me as logged in. You need a social worker. I you need somebody you to help you with panicking. your
2: problems. I don't know if I'm the person to do that, because when that happens to me, I go nuts. You panic. I, mean, I take blood pressure pills anyway, <laughs> but I could, like, double them. You because need to double just, your dose in the I mornings can, that I, yeah. I have
3: technical issues.
2: It drives me crazy. And I sort
3: of sit back, smiling, sort of you know that evil laugh going on in the back of my mind, knowing that that's happening. I have to just admit that. I feel.
2: See, I feel so out of control, and I don't want to feel out of control. That's one of my issues—huge issues. And in the New York, I think we both
3: need a social worker this morning.
2: Yeah. Uh, We have two guests. You're going to love our guests today. I can't wait to hear. Yeah, well, one of them, and and then I want to talk about what your your big fish uh, seventh annual goal setting teleclass is because that's really yeah. I got that on. uh, You sent me that. I don't know when, but oh, I have to tell you, I had like 600 emails. I am down. I got up like six o'clock this morning. I'm down to 199 meaning that I deleted some, I put them where they're supposed to be. Oh, you've been I, I,
3: organizing.
2: I have been organizing. I just, it was driving me nuts. I thought, you know, before the Thanksgiving holiday, I'm going to do this. Good but for you. We're going to have Ann Landers' daughter on. This really? Morning. Yes, she's very cool. She does exactly what her mother does.
3: Interesting. But,
2: yeah, it's Ann Lander carrying
3: Landers, on the legacy.
2: She is Margot Howard, and she is a news, she's Yahoo's news advice columnist, so she does you know, obviously very similar to what her mother did. The topic is going to be dealing with family this holiday season. We can't get away from it.
3: <laughs> well, you can. I, I, You know, I'm missing family. Here I am in Austin Aww. having strangers. Uh, strangers. You know, friends are a different – you use that word differently when you move so far away. But, Lauren, when you have st- – strangers or
2: people <laughs> who you are not connected with emotionally, you don't have all that childhood stuff that gets in the way of eating your turkey, then you know what? Then that can be fun, too, in a different it's, it way. It is fun.
3: It's different fun. It's a totally different kind of fun.
2: A more sophisticated kind of holiday season
3: it has less stuff attached to it that's for sure
2: yeah make it as a party like as a very sophisticated turkey eating champagne party celebrating the day and then celebrating sierra and then you can you know just all the attention can be on her and you don't have to have all that you know you're not the daughter you're not the sister you know all that kind of stuff at the family table which is what i'm going to have god i hope my family's not listening
3: (laughs) You know, everybody's family is listening. I, you know what I mean? They're all family listening, and I think people there's something there's something to be said. There's a lot of baggage we bring with us to all these events, and there doesn't ha- it doesn't have to be. It's such a choice, like. What if you went to Thanksgiving dinner and left the bags outside the door?
2: How am I going to do that? I, don't I know. I, You're the social worker. I'm the social worker, but I can help other people, as my boyfriend Barry says. But you are terrible when you try to help I, yourself I or him. anybody else that you love. Because uh, I'm, I'm tough love when it comes to my partner, when it comes to my kids. I cut through the chase. I have no. They tell me I'm, I'm really not empathetic. I'm just somebody, You know, I just want it done, and I want it done now. I'm not that bad, but. So the thing is, you do bring the baggage to the table, you do bring it to Thanksgiving, you can't help it, but, how, but you can minimize the toxic issues that you deal with. There are ways I have of, an idea. What is it?
3: I spoke to a big fish yesterday and she said, you know, over the years as she's gotten older and all the roles play out, she says she's gotten so much more serious. And I was listening to her. I said, Well, who were you? Like, before you got so serious, she says, I was the life of the party. So we talked about her going to Thanksgiving dinner this year and trying to go back to being the life of the party rather than the serious person. And she was so looking forward to at least stepping into that role again. And I thought that was a fun idea.
2: I'm the life of the party, but not the life that they want at the party.
3: (laughs) You bring a different side to the life of the party.
2: I'm the troublemaker. I'm the oh. one who brings up the issues that no one wants to talk about. You're
3: the social worker.
2: I'm the social worker. I'm the one who like wants to get it all out when and nobody. It's like if she would just be quiet, then everything would be fine. I mean, that's a little bubble over my head, or that's what I think. Now, they, my brothers may not agree with me, and uh, we'll, we'll see what happens. But uh, that—I mean, I—I've I, had that label, I guess, since I was a kid. What's your label?
3: That's a great question. I don't know. I'd love to ask them what my label is. I'm normally the, um, a lot of times over the years I've been the host. Well, not for Thanksgiving, not not for Thanksgiving. My mother usually is the host, and it's her birthday tomorrow, so that's a double whammy.
2: Happy birthday, Mom. Can you say how old she is? Happy
3: birthday, Mom. She's 64. 64 she'll be tomorrow.
2: Happy birthday, 64th birthday. I think she's
3: listening too, unless we made a mistake. She's been trying, she's having trouble switching from Voice America Women to Voice America. She can't figure that out. Maybe she did today
2: moms have trouble with that
3: i know but uh, yeah, and i don't think i helped her well enough but i didn't help her at all <laughs>
2: <laughs> just type in boy i know it's it's tough okay but she'll finally one thing the show is archived so even if you miss it now you can, you can listen, listen to it yeah
3: but that's a great question what role do i normally yeah what role play? do you
2: play at thanksgiving
3: i don't here know here you are you're, a coach. you're coaching
2: I'm... everybody else lauren telling them what to do how to do it live a balanced life what about you
3: um, it's a good question It's hard It's just like you say It's really hard to see yourself And what you bring to the, Or what you often bring You know Or fix it You know what I mean I, t- I probably am the I connect with everybody I'm the connector You know I want to be sure I talk to everybody um, I was always the one That tried to bring Like meaning to the day Of some sort You know I had a song Or I'd have a poem Or I'd have something
2: Now I know You have a, You have one sister There are two siblings Right?
3: One. So, one I mean two of you Two of us, yes.
2: Two girls. How would your sister see you? I, mean, I think that's one of the oh, ways in she, which...
3: She and I, it's so funny. She would say I was probably the one that, I don't know, it's, over the years it's changed. Um, how would she see me? I, she probably saw me as a pain in the butt.
2: <laughs> <laughs> you can say ass. This is Internet TV, uh, Internet radio. She probably
3: did. She probably thought I was a pain in the neck. Um, and I think she probably has seen that a lot over the years. I don't know why she'd say that, but I think she would say that. I think she always tried to compare and compete, and I'd never, ever tried to do that. It just I showed up as me, and so I was the one that was like, oh, here I am, you know. Oh, you
2: so much sound like my brother.
3: Oh, I know, oh I
2: can, this is really interesting to me because that's what I tell him. We're always competing amongst the three of us, and he goes, oh, no, I don't compete with you. I show up as myself. You that's and what he I ought I to have say. Thanksgiving together.
3: <laughs> I don't compete. I don't, There's like it's too much work to think about that. But you think, do. You say you compete. I
2: think that all siblings on some level compete. I think that some siblings, like yourself maybe and perhaps my brother, uh, don't want to admit it. <laughs> and I are the only
3: two in the whole world that don't.
2: That don't. Yeah, you just don't want to acknowledge it. Because if the other sibling is feeling the competition, they're not crazy. There's some kind of competition going on there.
3: Wait a second. Is your brother older or younger than you?
2: No, my brother is younger. But because I have two brothers and growing up in a Jewish family, and very close in age, let's say we're all approximately two years apart.
3: We are. My sister and I are two and a half. uh,
2: Boys had more status.
3: Oh. So right away there was a competition.
2: So there's a competition because boys boys had more status. And so, if you were a girl, and this is in my family, and I don't think it's that unique, and you're close enough in age, you would be, you could compete with one another. You know, the big sister had maybe some um, authority, but not much. If it were two brothers who were very close in age to her, even if they were younger,
3: (laughs) (laughs) I don't know. I don't. You see, I think if the person that feels the competition, it's it's them that's competing. I think that if we're showing up and really feeling honestly that we're showing up as ourselves, then we don't. We're not initiating or. Bringing the competition, continuing the competition.
2: But maybe, Lauren, it's just by what you do. I mean, your sister sees you and 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 and, and herself at, at competing with one another. It's not that you have to go there with the intention of competing. Yes, I no. agree
3: with that. I agree with that. I don't think that we, and I'm speaking for your brother and I, what's his name? He's such a <laughs> nice man. I'm not going to say his name. <laughs> <laughs> I have two of them, so, so they have to decide which like I'm talking about. It's not like with the intention to compete, do you? Does he go? No. no I, do I, you go with the intention to compete?
2: No, it's because it's an emotional thing. I don't go with the intention to compete, but uh, I, we're all competing for my mother's attention. There's oh. no question about that. That's one area. Maybe, and, and I can mention that one because it's not so toxic. My father is dead. Uh, we don't have a huge family. There's mom who's left, and the three of us are competing for her attention. Now I would admit to it, but I don't think he would. And this isn't fair because he's not here to, de- to defend if, himself. I'm
3: here to defend him. Yeah, <laughs>
2: <laughs> I don't
3: know. Well, I see we can. My sister would say we compete in a totally different area, not for my mother's attention. Which I could be wrong about. I never even asked what we were competing on. That's a great question. Like, where? What's the competition about? I always thought it was about, you know. How we dress, or you know what I mean? I never really understand. Well, well girl,
2: who's more attractive? Who's more successful? Who, I mean, all that stuff comes into play oh, too. Yeah, Those are the so subcategories. Much,
3: that's, what makes, that's what makes holidays so challenging, isn't it? Y-
2: yes, that's what makes <laughs> exactly like putting that stuff aside. Who has the best job? Who's come as? I mean, you, you I don't think you can get away from that. And I think that in terms well, of,
3: you know, it's interesting. I don't think you can get away from it. I went to Sierra's school the other day. Now she's two and a half. And um, I was asking the teacher, you know, like, I had my first parent-teacher conference, you know, and I said, well, how is she, like, the teacher just wanted to tell me, oh, she's working on this and she's working on this. And I said, well, how is she compared to the others? And she said, well, we don't compare. And I said, how could you not, you know? Like, is she normal? Is she, she's an only child, so I want to know all these things, you know? Because I, I don't have anything to compare to, and she says, "Well, we don't compare. Every child's different. We don't compare." I'm like, "How can you not?" So that's interesting. That's what I said.
2: Yeah, and I think you have to change schools because they are. Sierra's. I'm teasing, but on one level, you know, that's really denying. Kids compare themselves. I mean, Sierra's going to compare herself. We have. We. We. They're telling us we have to take a break. (laughs) Catherine Sox, Lauren Beller, Voice America, coming up next, Global Giving Philanthropy, leading online philanthropy marketplace challenges Americans to avoid the long lines and return to the true giving spirit of the holidays. We'll be back in a minute. Don't go away, folks.
0: News. 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 News, opinion. Can you hear me? Your voice counts. Call toll-free 1-866-472-5787. 1-866-472-5787. VoiceAmerica.com.
4: If you want to put the pep back in your step, Chad Lafferty has just what you're looking for.
0: This isn't silence. It's nothing. Every year, a million families lose their homes to foreclosure because they do nothing. If you've fallen behind on your mortgage, do something. Call 1-888-995-HOPE. That's 1-888-995-4673. Because nothing is worse than doing nothing. A public service announcement brought to you by NeighborWorks, the Ad Council, and this station.
4: Keeping families together whole and healthy is sometimes a serious challenge to parents. And when there's a crisis, where do you turn for help? Right here, the Parents Hour with Dr. Arlene Kerman, an open and frank forum covering both legal and social issues surrounding our kids. Tune in for the Parents Hour with Dr. Arlene Kerman every Friday at 1 p.m. Pacific, 4 p.m. Eastern Time on the Voice America Radio Network.
0: Stimulating talk she gets those synapses in your brain inspired really fast. All the time. The number one Internet talk station where your opinion counts. VoiceAmerica.com.
1: You're listening to The Catherine Zox Show on the Voice America Women's Channel. If you'd like to join our conversation this morning, call now. The toll-free number is 866-472-5788. That number again is 866-472-5788. We're
2: back. Good morning, and thanks for joining us this morning. I am Catherine Zox with Lauren Deller blake and you are listening to Voice America. And, uh, as I mentioned when Lauren and I were talking, we have a guest this morning who is a co-founder of a foundation called Global Giving. Marie Karashi is here with us. Uh, And I'm just going to give her a little bit of an opening here. With pocketbooks pinched and more needy people in the U.S. and abroad, does waking up at 5 a.m. on Black Friday, which I've been seeing advertised uh, every hour on my television set, the day after Thanksgiving, uh, battling the store crowds really sound like a good idea? How good can that sale really be to justify waking up in the dark, trolling around for a parking space, and battling fellow shoppers for the latest copy of Kung Fu Panda this year? listen to this, folks, instead of spending $20 on another tie, which nobody needs, how about providing baby bottles to mothers in Brooklyn, immunizing mothers and children in India, or sending a child to school in Uganda? This is the true meaning of the holidays. And here to talk to us about that, co-founder of Global Giving is Marie Karashi. Welcome to the show. Nice to have you on this morning, Marie. Hi, Catherine. Thanks for having me. What what a great first of all I I've been to the website obviously Um, this is like an incredible foundation tell us what is global giving
5: well global giving is a place where anybody can come to the to our site and make a make a difference by giving even as little as ten dollars to any project on our site we have projects in the U S and Brooklyn and Louisiana but we also have projects all over the world as you mentioned Nepal, Uganda, India, Guatemala. You can go there and help feed a child, uh provide clean water, uh battle climate change, wh- whatever your heart desires and you can But Marie, what makes it without you're describing your you're it.
2: Descri- you're describing it. It sounds like, uh, you know, it sounds like very similar to a lot of organizations where you can give your monies in, in foreign countries and and do good things, but what is unique about global giving because you came up with the, there is a, a unique piece to this what What makes it different than the or than the kind of i don 't want to say run of the mill but some of the organizations that we're used to giving our monies to that give monies in other countries
6: that's true. The
5: difference is that you are directly giving to that organization in Guatemala that is providing clean water and seeds to farmers, and you will hear back from those farmers about what impact your donation had. So you give that money, you know, uh, in about 30 days or so, you will hear back about, you know, we used your money, and we bought these seeds, and they're sprouting. I mean, isn't that an amazing way to make, to feel that you are directly helping somebody? It's great. It's like, so
2: what do we do? We go to globalgiving.com. Yes. And then we go to the website and then what? C- kind of talk us through it.
5: Well, you'll go to the website. You might see a featured project and that, uh, you might be intrigued and click on that and discover that it is helping women in India get access to, uh, markets, um, in, uh, outside the world so that their embroidered, uh, uh, handbags can be sold for much more than they usually are. So uh that's one uh way you can just go ahead and find somebody to help or you can also uh come to the uh website and go to the find function and if you let's say you served in the Peace Corps uh and you might uh pick to do something where you uh Or maybe even if you didn't serve in the Peace Corps, your niece served in the Peace Corps, and you might pick to help somebody there. Or if you can't decide, you can buy somebody a gift certificate, and you can send it on to them. We'll send a beautiful biodegradable gift card, and you can uh, have them pick what moves them.
2: All right, so this could even be a gift. You're interested, instead of going shopping, as you say, waking up at 5 o'clock in the morning and going to some store and buying some toy that you don't really need or neither does your kid need, what you do, you go to www.globalgiving.com, pick a cause, as you say. You can donate it uh, in your loved one's name or give them, the loved one, a chance or your whoever it is to select the cause with a Global Giving gift card. That's a great idea.
5: Yeah, and the wonderful thing is we've got 500 500- project from all over the world, so odds are we're going to find something that means something to you. Now, you have some pretty
2: pretty heavy-duty corporate sponsors, right, or corporate Absolutely. partners, yeah, one wanted you know, eBay, Ford Motor Company, Nike, North Face, all of those, so um, you have a lot of support there. Uh, what is your
6: favorite project?
5: My favorite project happens to be one that is in uh, Africa. What this organization does is provide motorcycles to nurses so that they can serve a community, a rural community, that is that finds it hard to get to, to uh, a doctor or a nurse. You know, They don't have the means to get to them, so the nurses are equipped with motorcycles. And then the nurses are trained to repair the motorcycles so that they can get to all their patients uh, who are in a large rural area. So I I mean that's
2: very cool because I don't think I never would have thought about that. I mean, you know, those are kind of like unique ways of giving your money. So you're giving money to a motorcycle. Um do you have a lot of those kinds of sort of it's uh, to me it's kind of like thinking out of the box in terms of, you know, um making your donations. Any other suggestions for those listeners who might want to have some creative ways of giving, like you just suggested, motor- motorcycles for nurses, so that they can well, get around? Well, here's another one. Okay. Uh,
5: there is a beautiful project uh, that works with rats. And now, R- Did you say at, rats? It's, it's rats. R-A-T-S? Rats have been trained, and they can train. They they are medical assistants, essentially. They've been trained to smell ketone on people's breasts and they can diagnose basically diabetes. Now, isn't that a cool thing? Because, you know, in, in certain communities in the developing world it's very hard to maintain some of the sophisticated equipment that we use here for diagnostic purposes. You know, it breaks down, there's not a technician to take care of it, or the electricity supply is not reliable, whereas a rat that's been trained to smell ketone, I mean, this is an appropriate technology and an amazingly clever solution.
2: So where do so? What do you do? You send your money to uh, to purchase the rats to be trained, or the training. Where do they do this actually?
5: Well, the training is actually happening in Europe, but then the rats are sent on to communities in the developing world where it is hard for them to get access to the diagnostic tools they're usually used in, you know, the hospitals we go to, and therefore you can help. Uh You can help patients in the developing world get get access to you know to normal care and you're helping both train the rats or you can choose to spend your money helping the actual communities that get the reps.
2: This sounds similar to uh, not in terms of giving the monies but uh they 've trained i think it is dogs to sniff breasts and they can detect breast cancer tumors.
5: I've heard of that. Yeah. And you know, what an amazing thing. You know, we all rely on these sophisticated instruments and it turns out that, you know, some animals are even better at it and they're a little sturdier. Yeah. <laughs> uh-huh.
2: Yeah, and there's no risk in terms of actually, you know, you know, some of these machines that we use to detect things also cause cancers themselves. So that's another issue. That's not going to happen with the rats or with the dogs, I guess, right? Exactly. So now your global giving, like this is, you know, you can give. This is virtual, but uh, your offices are where? Our offices are in Washington, D.C. So, and, and now, if anyone were interested in actually joining the foundation or had some interest in it, I mean, can they? Can they go there? Can they? Or is this
5: absolutely? All, yeah. um, feel free to come by our offices. We love visitors. And uh, we w- we also can help people, if you're traveling, say, to Guatemala, for whatever reason, and you want to go visit a project, we welcome people going to visit projects. And we can put you in touch with them. You can check out what's going on there. Tell us what's going on. Tell us whether you liked it. We, we are always looking for people to uh, come join our cause, basically. Right, let's get back to the
2: specifics of, uh, well, two things. The specifics of the Great American Sleep-In Challenge, um, which is going to be this Friday. Uh, so, yes. yeah, what do we do?
5: Well, you can, instead of getting up at 5 o'clock, as you say. You <laughs> I'm not in. getting
2: up at 5, no, even if I do the global giving. <laughs> <laughs> exactly. So, you
5: so, know, sleep in. We don't I- care when you get log on. <laughs> Okay. Sleep it until nine o'clock, and Good. then get up, have a nice coffee, spend some some time with your family and your friends. And in fact, you know the great thing would be if you got to your computer with your family and friends and checked out Global Giving. Look at all the different projects. Something that's on there might remind you of how your mom taught you to do something. You know that might make a great gift for your mom for Christmas or Hanukkah or.
6: Or whatever for saying thank you,
5: and you can make that donation into a gift because we will send a card to you uh, to your mom saying, you know, Catherine said thank you for all the things you taught me. This is this is exactly the kind of thing that I thought you might like. Or if you can't figure out what she might like, go ahead and get a gift certificate. We can either send her an e gift certificate or a physical gift certificate. If she can take that card, plug in the number and choose to give the money to whatever project really moves her. You see, this is one way of avoiding
2: all of the the and this is kind of segueing into our next guest, but all the toxic stuff that happens to families at Thanksgiving, all the issues that come up, sibling rivalry, all those kinds of things. If you have this 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 kind of focus uh to gather the family around it's such a positive way for us to use our energy i'm going to do it on friday i'm going to do the pre i think this is a great (laughs) it takes the focus away from all that family stuff you know and puts it in good energy i love it what do you think it's
5: it's a chance to teach your kids you know what what better way to teach them the meaning of thanksgiving
2: Absolutely. That is so fantastic. That's a great, great idea. And, I, and seriously, I am not just saying this, but we are going to do that. I'm going to introduce it to my family, so we'll do that on Friday. Because uh, nobody in my family wants to get up at 5 o'clock anyway. But <laughs> <laughs> uh, but are we not helping our economy? our economy if we say that? I keep thinking, you know, if we tell people don't go shopping, but that's another issue, I guess.
5: That's another issue. And you are helping communities in the U.S. if you choose. You know, if if you're helping mothers in Brooklyn get access to baby bottles, that is a good thing, and they will, you know, they will one day become, you know, the, the consumers that drive America. Yeah, that's true. And and we were
2: kind of focusing on other countries, but yeah, important for listeners to know that if you want to focus on the United States, you can do that too. Go to globalgiving.com, and you can do this on on Friday, the Great Americans Sleepin'. You can. Do your donor. You can wait till the evening to do it if you want to. Uh, we've been talking to Marie Karashi, co-founder of Global Giving. Have a great Thanksgiving and thanks so much for sharing all this information with us this morning.
5: Thank you. The pleasure. Have a great,
2: yeah. Have a great day. We're going to take. We are going to take a break. Lauren beller Blake, Catherine Socks, Voice America. You're listening to. We'll be back in a minute. And coming up next is Margot Howard. She is the Yahoo News advice
6: columnist.
0: Inside the World of PR with PR Insider, hosted by public relations expert Maureen Kettis. Maureen will speak to the world's highest profile PR pros from the fields of marketing, advertising, and sales. And PR Insider will feature renowned members of the media as special guests. Maureen will give you a VIP access pass, including tips and tricks to take your business to the next level. PR Insider with Maureen Kettis, sponsored by Cision, .CISION us.cision.com. Listen every Tuesday at 9 a.m. Pacific, noon Eastern time, on the Voice America Business Network.
4: Careful at the party, hun. No alcohol, right? I know, Mom. Seriously, you're still growing, and it messes with your judgment. Yeah, I know. Trust me, you could do some things you don't really want to do. If you're a grown woman, it's different, but you're not. I know, okay? I know.
1: Teenagers know everything, so talk about underage drinking before they know it all, before they're teens. Start talking before they start drinking, and keep talking. Learn more at StopAlcoholAbuse.gov. Brought to you by the U.S. Department of Health and Human Services and the Ad Council
4: when facing divorce or separation couples need to leave behind the emotional baggage and stress that obviously remains long after the divorce is final. Tune into Living Passionately. Getting Beyond Divorce. Every week your host Lisa Fredette, a certified life and relationship coach will take you through divorce recovery relationships, self-discovery and discovering the law of attraction the show will offer a strong foundation to help you rebuild your life as a single person. Living Passionately Getting Beyond Divorce is live every Thursday at 4 p.m. Eastern Time, 1 p.m. Pacific Time on Voice America.
0: Streaming live. The leader in Internet talk radio.
1: VoiceAmerica.com. You're listening to The Catherine Zox Show on the Voice America Women's Channel. If you'd like to join our conversation this morning, call now. The toll-free number is 866-472-5788. That number again is 866-472-5788. This is Catherine
2: Zox. Good morning. Thanks for joining us this morning with Lauren Feller-Blake, my co-host, and it's Voice America. Joining us is Lauren and I were talking about earlier in the show. We're really excited to have this guest on, and she's actually very timely, obviously, Margo Howard. Holidays, as you guys know, are a time when families get together. It's a time of sharing, celebrating, and, of course, all-out family feuds. I can identify with that. Margo Howard is the daughter of advice guru Ann Landers. We all know Ann Landers, and we all know Margo also because she is Yahoo's news advice columnist, and she's going to give us advice on the family issues. We're going to talk about all the stuff that comes up, the common holiday family stuff that comes up around the Thanksgiving table, and I guess Christmas and Hanukkah as well. Welcome to the show. Nice to have you on, Margot. Good morning. And good morning. We can also get you at DearMargo at Um,
6: (laughs) I have so many Yahoo addresses. Go to Yahoo News on the entertainment tab. All right. And also Creator Syndicate is a sure bet. All
2: right. So we can get you. I Googled you all over. I found you everywhere, as a matter of fact. But anyway, Margo Howard, Yahoo News advice columnist. Okay, this is really a toxic time. It's kind of, I have to say, I've been talking about this on the show for the past couple of weeks, all the issues that come up. Let's start out with, tell us, I want to talk about sibling
6: rivalry because that's my issue. Well, there's great regression when, when grown up kids get together. They become kid kids again. And I think the key to a lot of holiday tumult um, is to be prepared. So how do we prepare ourselves? (laughs) Well, if you always have trouble with your sister, Uh um, you... You fortify yourself, and not with bourbon. And you say, "Look, I'm just going to ignore." You're talking to yourself now. I'm going to ignore any little digs that she may make. I'm just silence. By the way, is a wonderful response to a lot of things. You don't have to cut somebody off at the knees. You can just not respond. And if you decide that you're going to get through the day and it's going to be as much fun as possible, you'll just overlook some of the the regressive behavior.
2: So what do you do though when I take a step back though, Margaret, What you get that's a perfect example. Well, I don't eat drink bourbon, but I have my scotch. So I guess I better
6: <laughs> well, well, you use use a thimble dear. All right. People <laughs> tend to overdrink. Yeah, I do, but at the holidays, right? <laughs> yes, because yeah. it's it's festive. And it also um is like a shield. You think, well, if I'm if I'm a little plastered, you know, cousin Louise won't bother me so much. <laughs> But all that does is allow you to say things that you perhaps really mean, but you're sorry for the next day. And some famous family rows come about because people are a little tanked up.
2: All right. So just go light on whether it's the bourbon or the scotch is what yeah. you're saying. Yeah. You don't have to have... Three glasses, just maybe one is enough. Right. Okay, but what do you do? You're saying silence is great. Don't react. So you've got, you know, your, your brother Bill says something that it just goes right back to childhood, and it mm-hmm. just drives you nuts, and you get that knot in your stomach, and you're trying to calm yourself down, which is what you're supposed to do, right? You wouldn't yeah. do, do. Do you walk? Can you besides not say anything? Can besides
6: you just... silence, humor is a wonderful defense. People ask questions that are none of their business. People say things they shouldn't say. And if if you can find something humorous to say back, it sort of ends it without blows. For example, single women, or sorry, although they shouldn't be single, but it happens, yeah, it married does. women with no children <laughs> <laughs> of a certain age, all the relatives are going to say, so when are you going to have the baby? And I... I think humor is wonderful. There, you you say, well, we haven't found a stork that we like yet, or or you'll be the first to know, or roll your eyes and say, oh gosh, we don't talk about that. And unless they're um, brain dead, they'll get it that this is not a question that's going to get an answer. So, Margaret, do you think those
2: are great answers? To really be prepared, write some of these things down. Like people, like who are listening to you, maybe really. Not well, when you're driving, not when you're driving, but if you're sitting in the driver's seat driving to grandmother's house or on the plane, jot some of these responses down. So they'll, you know, because sometimes when you're there, you get kind of, it, right. set you off. You, but if,
6: if you were on the stage, you would go up. You you just wouldn't be able to think of a thing to say. But But planning is behind a lot of good things. So if you figure out what you don't want to talk about, that will lead you to an answer so you don't have to talk about it.
2: Yeah, that, when are you going to have a baby is one of them. Another one is if you're single. uh, When are you going to
6: get married? When are you getting married? Say you're interviewing Uh, uh, potential people as we speak. Yeah. (laughs) Just say anything that's not a real answer.
2: I had that question asked to me. I mean, I've been with my partner for 20 years. But in the 20 years, <laughs> That's we're not longer getting in ma-
6: any of my marriages. Oh, yeah, I was going to ask you. you. because you've
2: been married four times? You are the I have. Isn't that
6: remarkable for an advice columnist. It is. I love it.
2: But you've had the experience. You've had you've been married to four men, so you do have the
6: experience. So when you are giving advice, you know what you're talking about. Yes, and nobody ever said to me when are you getting married. Yeah. <laughs> They ask you, when are you getting divorced or how mm-hmm. long is this marriage
2: going to last? Uh-huh. <laughs> but now, how long have you been with you? I have to ask you. I'm just curious. This yeah. is your fourth husband. He's a physician, and you live in Boston. So um, how long have you been married? Well,
6: I'll tell you, when you're an old bag like I am, yeah, you, like I am. You, you go from when you're a couple. We've been together 11 years, and I think we got married in 2001. But when you're a senior citizen... It doesn't really matter. You know, if you're a couple, you're a couple, and, and the marriage part becomes a formality. I was first married at the age of 22. So was I. Oh huh And I'm guessing yours didn't work like mine didn't no, work. No, it didn't. Uh-huh.
2: I was married once. See, I'm interested because you were married four times. I was married once. That was enough, and now that was 20 years, and now 20 years for my uh, boyfriend. So I don't think
6: I'm ever going to get married again so I just – now people don't ask me that question, which is well, interesting. Well, see, you've got a fella, So that kind of negates their asking. But they did in the beginning.
2: It was like – Well, when sure, because
6: he- you hadn't been around 20 years. Right.
2: <laughs> That's true. All right, so those are some of the big ones. There's no question about that. And uh, But here's another one. Um, asking about your career or asking about your children. In my case like what are, what are your children doing? And they and, and are they the the underlying uh, or the bubble on the top of the head is, you know,
6: my kids are doing better than your kids kind of stuff. So there's all that competition. You know, either, yes, that's funny. I was on the Today show yesterday. Uh-huh. And and that the exact same thing came up. You know, what about kids? What when somebody starts bragging about their kid? So I I don't like to get in those games. Um, And I have a couple impressive kids. Um, I just, I start talking about their kid because they clearly want to. If they're doing it in a sort of nya nya kind of way, let them go. If they say, well, you know, George is head of the hockey team or whatever. and, And so you draw them out about that. I do that, too. I think that is great advice, and that
2: really works because, first of all, they just want to talk about their kids anyway. Not right. really. That's all they care about. They don't
6: care about your kids.
2: No, they don't. And so the opener may be, you know, my Bobby just got into Yale. Where did, you know, where's mm-hmm. Susie going? Uh,
6: and that's the opening. And then well, you let's can... talk about Yale, you know, Bula Bula. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> true.
2: And that really works. That is
6: great advice. You know, I've it? been doing this for years. Yeah, yeah. I, was a, I was a straight newspaper woman for 30 years before I, I wrote advice. But my instinct went that way because I remember when the kids were little, I knew some girls who would say, well, you know, Sally is, is just the tops in her kindergarten class and Sally is this and Sally is that. And they would say, well, you know, what's up with cricket? And I would say, oh, you know, sort of limping along. You'd, I would do the reverse, and that that really puts them off, too, because they really don't know how to respond to that exactly. when you do that.
2: Yeah, that really works well. Um, but I have a story, just a quick story for you. We, I guess we have a – oh, we only have one – well, we no, we have more than a couple minutes left. But one of my – I was head, driving my kids around when they were in third grade and my son and his friend. And uh, one of the – my son actually was talking about uh, somebody was the smartest he, – or he – he, his friend was the smartest kid in kindergarten, and mm-hmm. blah, and, the, and the other kid goes, well, how smart can you be in kindergarten? I mean, it's, it was just... Kind of, that's was really like, smart. Yeah, exactly. Nobody's smart in kindergarten. I don't know why that came up, but talking about the kids is a big issue, I think, amongst my friends.
6: Like, what are your kids doing? And you so know, interesting a, now yeah. about what are people doing, because times are so <laughs> tough. Uh, it's so difficult out now with, with the economy and people being laid off that it maybe on this holiday it's best not to say what are you doing unless somebody volunteers.
2: Yeah, that's a good point. Let's talk about that. Now with the economy tanking, we don't know where people are financially. You don't want to start asking where are you going on vacation, those kinds of things Assume right? that
6: everyone's in a lesser position than they were. Yeah. So what do we talk what can we talk about? Obama. <laughs> what, what Oh okay. Oh, that, yeah, right. So that You know that things are looking hopeful. And People sort of drift into conversations, I think especially now that politics will be discussed in a lot of places and and people will just talk about how they're getting by how you know what they think about things what what they hope will happen, and then you catch up with family news
2: family news you know just. Newsy stuff, not stuff that has emotional, toxic stuff. attached. interesting,
6: there are so many um, difficult emotions built into family gatherings because people want to turn them into uh, therapy sessions. I find a good buffer, if you really have a tough situation, is include a few stragglers. A few people who don't belong to the family are a wonderful restraint on people acting out. That is that's another piece of great advice, You're, and you
2: only need one person. If you right. have one, you say. St- Stragglers, strangers—somebody who a, has
6: nowhere to go, somebody whose family lives way hell and gone the other side of the country. Yeah, just weave somebody in who's not family. Then
2: everyone will behave themselves,
6: P- pretty much,
2: or they'll try if they don't have that extra bourbon. Right? right. God. <laughs> <laughs> well, you've been great. I love talking to you. I can see why everybody writes in to get your advice at well, thank uh, Yahoo. You. Yeah, thanks so much, Margot Howard, and. uh, she is the Yahoo News advice columnist. You can just Google her, and she's you're all over the website, and you can get to your uh, yahoo.com. And write if you have any more questions, dear Margo, have a great holiday. I guess goodbye. <laughs> <laughs> that was odd. That was odd. I don't know what happened. Anyway, we're going to have to take a short break. Catherine Zox, Lauren Deller, Blake, Voice America. We'll be back in a few minutes.
4: No excuses. No delays. If you have goals you want to achieve or changes you need to make, then it's time to take charge of your life with America's change buddy, Nancy Christie. This show will help you lead a more productive and fulfilling life starting now. Take Charge of Your Life challenges you to expand your sense of possibilities. Take Charge of Your Life with Nancy Christie is broadcast live every Tuesday at 7 a.m. Pacific Time, 10 a.m. Eastern Time on Voice America. Let's change be a positive force in your life hi my name is stanley and i've been arrested for stealing shoes I didn't really steal them, but I've been sent to Camp Greenlake anyway. The worst punishment a kid could get. And at Camp Greenlake, we dig holes. Lots of holes. I've only been here a short time, but I think the camp director is up to something. I'm Stanley Yelnatz, and I'm covering more than dirt at Camp Greenlake. Explore New Worlds. Read my story in the novel Holes by Lewis Sacker. For other great book ideas, visit your local library or log on to literacy.gov. Brought to you by the Library of Congress and the Ad Council.
1: You're listening to The Catherine Zox Show on the Voice America Women's Channel. If you'd like to join our conversation this morning, call now. The toll-free number is 866-472-5788. That number again is 866-472-5788. We're
4: back. Good
2: morning. I'm Catherine Zox, Voice America with Lauren Deller-Blake. Catherine Zox, your social worker with the microphone. Thanks so much for joining us this morning. Uh, Great advice from Margot Howard. I loved her. She, you know... Lauren, you were i IMing me during the break saying that uh, she looks a lot like her mom. I bet she does.
3: She yeah, sounds she does. like her mom. Yeah, she and does. Not just in her voice but in her advice. Like you yeah. could hear her mother's voice through her. It was really yeah. sort of funny.
2: Well, you know, she's got it. she had a piece of advice. She I don't know if it was a. If it was her blog, I don't know if she blog or somebody asked her a question, but anyway, she wrote this piece about Sarah Palin. I I don't even want to talk about Sarah Palin, but I'm compelled to do so.
5: And (laughs) she
2: had this, I mean, her analysis of Sarah Palin was exactly what we've been talking about on the show. Oh, you would have, yeah, you would have loved it. I mean, I don't want to. Yeah, she was like just so anti Sarah Palin. So many and,
3: people are. The more you talk about it, the more you realize that that's where people are. You know, we've advanced. You know, as a society, I think that we've outgrown that way of thinking, just generally. You know, as,
2: as an example of this, did you get Barack Obama sent a letter to me?
3: It's just to you. I love <laughs> it. Jared I feel so connected.
2: I know. So, Barack, well, first I got a thank you note from Barack and Michelle. Did you get that one? thanking you. No,
3: only you got that. Oh,
2: okay. Thank you <laughs> for all the work that I had done on the campaign, which I got like a couple days ago. Then I just got a an email, which I'm sure most people did. But this email had to do with what he said in his campaign, all about transparency. It was yeah. Dear Catherine, and it listed the people that he had so far enlisted in his cabinet or positions, uh, high positions, and who they were and, um, you know, their titles and what they do.
3: I love that. Yeah. I love that he's being as trans I did get that, and I love that he's being as transparent. I love that he's been on for three days in a row. He's going to be on again. T- uh, no, not today. I think tomorrow? No, today.
2: Did you see <laughs> that sign when he's standing up at, their, at the podium? And I said to Barry, my partner, I said, Barry, have you ever seen that sign before? But there's a podium that says, president elect barack obama
3: i've I've never seen it before this campaign
2: no, i don't think that there ever has been one like that because well, i don't
3: think anybody's ever spoken and had a presence and there wasn't really a need for it you know they there's a need for him to be a leader right now
2: yeah well there's a need for people to feel even if he can't do anything right away that something that there's somebody up there looking after us and exactly. somebody who's making at least good decisions about the choices who they're going to have and giving us some information on their cab in the cabinet and his leaders. So, uh yeah, and and it does it doesn't actually have to directly involve your pocketbook right now, but you just have to have that leadership and that's what he's doing, which is great.
3: It is great. We need it.
2: Yeah, so um, yeah, So, I feel more confident, uh, you know, and I think that, um, you know, they talk about the economy getting worse and worse and worse. Have you felt it personally, or do you feel it amongst your friends in terms of taking vacations, buying clothes, whatever it is?
3: Um, you know, I am such a... Elitist. No, <laughs> I am so, no, that's not what I was going to say. I am such a not shop, non-shopper. I buy quality food. You know, I like a couple nice clothes, you know, new clothes every now and then, but I'm not a big shopper. So I'm not one that has consciously cut back, but I'm realizing that I think that more people are thinking more like I've been thinking for years. Like, I don't really, I would be the kind of kid, and this is a true story, that my sister and I would go into a store together with my mother as a kid, and she'd say you can pick out every, each of you get to pick out one thing, and I'd walk around the entire store, every aisle, and say, there's nothing here that I need or want. And my sister would have like 25 things, you know, and she'd have to sort through which she'd really wanted to bring home. So that was just me. That's who I've been for 43 years.
2: See, you've been the perfect sister. There you go. Now I am, yeah, you were the
5: perfect
3: child. You went in there and you knew It wasn't knew you... perfect. It wasn't perfect. It's just I think that there's a thing about not need. There's something, especially now, about we don't need so much. And I do think that we're going to see stores close. And I do think that we're going to see, you know, not so many choices when it comes to shopping because we've been supporting so many different stores over the years and so many different kinds of brands and I don't think that I don't think we need so much. So you live
2: within your means, and so do I. And I, there was a—he uh, wasn't an economist. I think he was just a political strategist. But he was talking about what you're saying this morning, or you're talking about your um, that people who do live within their means are really going to find this whole economy thing less less scary or they won't be in a position to have to make too many changes, what the domino effect is going to be where people are at their weakest, like if they've maxed out on their credit cards or they live in a house that was too big for them in the first place or they're buying more clothes than they need or more stuff or, or, you know, and and spend the overspenders, then they are going to to, to feel it. But if you haven't done that um, uh, or the less that you have done that, then you won't experience this downturn in the economy in the same way. Am I saying it right?
3: Yeah. I do think that, um, so, you know, to answer your question, I I personally haven't felt it, although I am seeing um, in my business where people, you know, people are coming to me for the year-long program, that has slowed down slightly where people are, I have, you know, people so eager to get started, but we don't get started in a group until it has a certain number of people, and that number is taking longer to fill. You know what I mean? It's taking a while. But I think it's been a lot of uncertainty, you know, who's going to be our next president now that the president has been chosen, you know, how is he going to function, what's the economy looking like. So I think people are just sort of hanging back looking. And I. so I'm okay with it. I do think that after the new year, people are, we're going to learn a lot after the new year of how we're feeling as a, as a country, as a I world. Think people,
2: I think people are more serious and are going to be more serious about the choices they make, whether it is uh whatever they get involved in whether what what jobs they have the choices they make in terms of of for their children in terms of like you know the houses they live in the programs that they decide to belong to and that's going to be okay i think that that maybe is a good thing you know that we are more serious and that we don't just kind of buy things and get involved in things that are just over the bloat our lifestyle we don't even need them I agree with that. Like yeah. We're even,
3: uh, we're in the process of moving, so we're in the process of listing a house to sell, which is an interesting time to sell a house.
2: Um, and you've got and a great house, by the way. I love your house.
3: I it's love my house, well, too. Yeah. I was, I'm wishing we were here to do some nice renovations to it that I was always wanting to do, but that's not happening. We're moving, which means we have to choose a new house in this economy as well. So it's interesting to think about it and to think about it in a way that, you know, is maybe a little more conservative or farther away. I don't know. It will be interesting to see what we come up with
2: yeah so you make different kinds of choices um i think our choices will become more refined and i think i like the word refined uh you know if you decide if you're going out for dinner you know you're not going to go out for dinner just anywhere anytime you're going to have to plan it
3: and think um, about it consciously like where where do i really want to spend my money tonight
2: yeah and, and i think that's okay and I do too. Uh, entertainment as well you know what movies do I I'm going to see? I'm not just going to go to the movies because I just have nothing better to do, and so I'm going to go to the movies. Maybe I won't go to the movies. Maybe I I'm going to stay home, read a book, uh, you know, have friends over, talk to my kids, whatever. It, it'll be different choices that don't involve money, and that I think that's good. I mean, I'm not trying to well, to you know.
3: It's interesting. I think that a lot of I do think there's another aspect here that we're not um, speaking to, and I do think there's a lot of people in our country that um you know you look at your statements from your investments and they're huge drastically lower than they've ever been and i think a lot of people are feeling depressed anxious um really seriously stressed over it and that i don't think is being talked about these are the people that are you know they are hard workers they are they still have a job yet they're they're depressed over it i'm seeing that that i'm hearing in my circle
2: yeah i too I, me too. I mean, and a I, lot of people. Yeah, so we're
3: not speaking to those that have already lost their job and they are in dire straits. We're, I'm speaking to those that haven't and are totally stressed out. Well, people who are looking
2: at their investments, people are ready to retire—you uh, know, 60, 65 years old, relatively young—and you know, half of their saving, half of their 401ks or whatever, are gone. Uh, and th- yeah. that is depress I mean, that is depressing. I mean, I've talked to people, friends, too, just what you're saying. I mean, I could, my advice is you can't change that. You so can't change
3: now it. what? Yeah. I mean, and continue to look forward. You know what else? What else does? I was saying to Rob. You know, rather than giving gifts this Christmas that are material toys and things like that, what if we were to give one? quality gift to a family that we would normally buy four gifts for or whatever it is, Um, why don't we give one family gift and have it be meaningful? You know, we could even give a gift to, you know, globalgiving.com in the name of the family and have it be like, you know, pay attention. There's people that are actually worse off than you.
2: Yeah, I think globalgiving.com is a great idea. I mean, this is, if we've given you anything today, folks, that's one thing. Go to globalgiving.com and you can do just what Lauren said. You can give a gift to, to the family, to the individual, and then They can give that gift to somebody in the United States uh, who needs it or whatever. I think that's a great idea.
3: It just Uh, raises our consciousness that it's not not to focus on just our own issues, but to look at the bigger global picture of what's happening in our world and that we really are in a good place and to focus on what we do have, not what we don't have.
2: Yeah, That's a good message. You always have a good message to end on, Lauren, because we have to say goodbye. Happy Thanksgiving, Catherine. Have have a wonderful Thanksgiving. Thank you. You uh, too. And and behave yourself. (laughs) Lauren Deller-Blake, that's her last bit of advice before Thanksgiving. I'm Catherine Sox. We're going to say goodbye. Voice America, uh, thanks for joining us this morning. And we'll
5: see you next week.